This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now. Welcome everyone to this week's BMF podcast. This is our Ask an Expert session. I'm your host, Dow James. I'm a next guest has worked as a copywriting journalist for RI Web and Luxurious Magazine. He now helps high ticket B2B and B2C businesses consistently generate quality new business. Director at 2112 Marketing, welcome Henry McIntosh to the Business Marketing Finance Podcast. Hey Daryl, fans, family. How are you doing? Nice to have you on the show. Henry, can you tell us a bit about your journey, what it was like growing up and how you made a turning point to becoming the man you are today? Sure thing. So my journey's unfolded quite organically. I never really had a plan, but that's probably because I followed quite quite a conventional route through school and into university. It was at uni that things really started to get more more interesting, and I found a bit more bit more direction really. So when I was growing up, I was big into sports and movies. Aspired to be a pro footballer or a screenwriter. Oh, cool. The former was never going to happen, thanks to having two left feet. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the writing side of it developed a bit more when when I went to uni and I, I studied history and politics. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I have have to thank my degree for is the fact I managed to get an essay published as an undergrad. Oh, nice. And I also started my first business when I was there with a friend. So we had no money, came up with a ridiculous idea to sell branded shot glasses. Okay. And somehow it worked out well. And we, we did okay for, for two clueless students. Yeah. Um, and, and basically I always wanted to work for myself and have, have always had that kind of enterprising street. Mm-hmm. So, but I kind of knew coming out of uni, I needed some real experience. So yeah. I got my, first job as a copywriter for a big e-commerce retailer mm-hmm. it was kind of low paid high responsibility type gig and and that kind of suited me well was um, that right web no that wasn't that was um i was working for a company called the watch gallery okay at the time um but you know it it was also um, I kind of had to support myself as well because working in central London's expensive. Yeah, sure. So I actually started freelancing on the side. So that's why, where uh, RyeWeb came into it. And so I was doing a little bit of copywriting on the side, working as a journalist. Yeah. And, and that eventually enabled me to go, go freelance full time. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what was it like working on? Is it RyeWeb or RyeWeb? Yes, yeah, it's, it's RyeWeb. It's um, yeah, Ryan, my my friend who runs it, it yeah. is the pain of his life. Um, how how to pronounce it? I don't think with RyeWeb or Twenty One Twelve, we really picked good names uh, for people people mm-hmm. to remember. But but there you go. Um, but but yeah, RyeWeb was was really cool. It's kind of young, dynamic business. So so to go in at a young age, yeah, and be given sort of creative freedom to drive their marketing forward was was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I collaborated well with with Ron, who owns business. And at the time the medium we really pushed was was the company blog. Mm-hmm. And I think after about three months of working on it, we tripled the traffic to the website. 
No. And a year after starting it, we we won the UK Blog Award for, for Digital and Technology, yeah. which was pretty massive for us as a small company. Yeah. And it was it was nice to get that re- recognition. But what it did was really prompted us to think a bit more about how we could monetize our skills beyond the the service RyWeb was was offering at the time. Sure. And in this time, you know, you mentioned about winning an award and as well as tripling the traffic. Did you learn a lot of SEO type skills as well? Or was it pure just because of the the copy that you wrote for the blogs? Yeah, I I think at the time I was following all all the top bloggers and trying to apply the techniques they were using. So we were doing anything we could to um, push the blog as far and wide as possible. So from the technical things we could do through to, you know, things like the link building side of things and guest posting, we were kind of applying all those techniques and we were kind of trying to emulate guys like Neil Patel and people like that. Yeah. Um, and and so we were, yeah, we, we were applying those techniques. I wouldn't say, you know, I've never been a SEO specialist, but it kind of, we, we touched upon it during that time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it like starting your own company? I mean, even back when you was, you know, you and your mate did the shot glasses, what was going through your mind at the time? Was it just like, Oh, you know, here's an opportunity. Let's see where this goes or what, what led you to that moment? Yeah, sure. So, so with the shot glasses, it, it was quite a weird one. Cause I remember just Skyping him during during the summer after our first year and we were basically saying look neither of us have got any money we don't want to get jobs so what can we do and we basically just spent a couple of hours chatting it through thinking about what we could do and we came up with this idea Mm -hmm. um and and put it together and i think we put our kind of first first month student loan Mm -hmm. into into getting it going and it, it worked out quite well yeah. Um, and the mission there was just to just give us some spending money. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like we were massively hard up, but it just helped us out, um, yeah. made uni made a bit more bearable. Um, but with 2112, I think it was more of, a, more of a lifestyle choice. So, you know, finding something I was good at and passionate about and then finding a way to properly monetize it as a business. Um, so having that kind of lifestyle goal initially um, gave gave quite good, honest milestones to begin with. But I guess now we're, we're thinking a little bit bigger with it. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And in starting 2112, did you have any mentors along the whole journey of your life? Or was this something that you kind of just did and winged it along, along the way? Yeah, I'd say I, I probably always winged it, but within the structures of always always being open to advice and Ryan has helped me a lot, obviously, and, and he still does. I'll, I'll look to him for advice regularly. We're still in the same office. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law also runs a successful music agency. Okay. Um, and he's always kind of had this unnerving belief in me, which, which is quite nice. So I turn to him for advice a lot and actually one of the best things I did was about three years ago mm-hmm. um, when we were about a year in, um, I, I went and got myself a business coach, a guy called David Holmes, and he's really shown me how to create a real business yeah. and begin that process of building something which works without you. 
Yeah. Because when, when I met him, I was good at what I did, but I didn't know how to run a business at all. Mm-hmm. I reckon that I'd probably have, <laughs> have a real job by now if, if I hadn't gone to him. Yeah. <laughs> and as well as mentors, um, are you, do you read a lot of books? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I've kind of, um, I've got, got an Audible subscription which keeps me busy. Good, good, good. What are the top three books that have made the most impact on your life and why? Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough to pick just three, but um, <laughs> the, the ones that have made really big impact on me, mm-hmm. the, the first one's got to be um, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Sales by Frank Becker. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, wow. Have you, have you read that one? Yeah, it's a yellow book, right? Yellow and black. Yeah. 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 Really good yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that book. Wow, I must reread that. Yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, but I mean, as you'll know, it's kind of, I guess everyone with sales, it can be quite daunting, mm. especially with, with a new business. And everyone's got this perception of what sales should be. Should, sure. Everyone thinks of like Wolf of Wall Street. I mm. think that book's kind of the sales Bible for normal people who kind of want to sell in the right way. Um, and, and although the, the book was written, I think in the fifties, the principles are just still as true today Definitely. as they were back then. So, so that one's, that one's been, I, I go back to that one yeah, yeah. To, to brush up on it. Um, the, the next one's the, the good psychopath's guide to success. Um, which was written by an Oxford professor, a guy called Kevin Dutton and an ex-SAS soldier, Andy McNabb. He's yeah. a pretty prolific author. Um, but I think that one's great for anyone who's a bit too nice in business, mm-hmm. which I know I've been, been guilty of a lot where I've kind of fallen into the trap of doing something for nothing or lowering prices or sure. just being too nice about things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this book is kind of a good guide for letting you know that it's okay to be firm as well as fair. Yeah. And has some great principles in it, like not cutting your nose off to spite your face or how to make incremental gains. Mm-hmm. And I think whether business or life in general, that there are some great life lessons in that one. So that's worth a read. Yeah. And the final one, if it's not too cliche, is the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Yeah, great book. Yeah, yeah, really good. So just, you know, I've definitely applied a lot of the, a lot of his productivity hacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess they're the three books that I turn back to the most out, out of all of them. Yeah. yeah. Keep myself sharp. I, um, I agree with a lot of those choices. I mean, I've heard of the Psychopath's Guide to uh, Success. I've not read it yet, though, but it has come across come across my path a few times. Now, the marketer's journey is never usually a straight one. Did you know what you were doing every single step of the way or were there times that you had to deviate from the strategy? You know, you mentioned having to try new things in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in marketing, the landscape's constantly shifting. Mm -hmm. A good example was kind of GDPR last year and just the hysteria it created no matter what industry you're in. We had so many of our clients and businesses we knew just panicking. Mm. But in in terms of me personally and the business, I've changed I've changed my plan over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you, you really need to be flexible and resilient. And often that, that means kind of admitting that you were wrong initially and, and correcting the course. Yeah. And when we started 2112, we solely worked with luxury brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was based on my background as a copywriter and I worked as a journalist for luxury publications. Yeah. yeah. And what, what started happening after a couple of years was we, we were getting offered projects from other industries. Mm-hmm. And we were always thinking hard about them. And uh, our initial response was that it would kind of break our brand to mm-hmm. take those opportunities. Yeah. But one basically came along that was too good to refuse. And we, we took it. And it was this seamless process. We delivered this great return for the client. Yeah. And at that point, we, we just looked at the business and we, we just had to change course. Mm-hmm. So at business strategy level, we've made some major changes. Yeah. And sort of at our service level offering, we, we change things all the time. And I think you, you've got to be prepared to adapt if, if you're in marketing. Yeah, no, sure. Adaptability is definitely key in, in, in marketing for sure. Can you tell us a bit about your current role at 2112 and how the company generates inquiries? Yeah, sure thing. So um, at the moment, we're, we're a team of five. So, and I can, I can really trust the team to perform at a consistently high level. So yeah. I focus now less on the output and more on developing relationships with our existing clients, um, testing and creating new products and services, yeah. and uh, and new business development really is is where I sit. Yeah. Um, occasionally, I'll go back on the tools because we're small and we're still growing. Mm-hmm. But ideally, I see myself, you know, sitting across those three going forward. Yeah, yeah. In terms of our inquiries. Um, it's kind of a blend of online and offline. So we, we get some good inquiries through the website and it, although it really pains me to admit our website hasn't really been changed mm-hmm. in, in the past four years, mm-hmm. um, despite us having all the skills in house to change it, it's kind of like the cobbler's shoes, um, problem um which is a shame but somehow the website still generates inquiries and and some of our highest value funds have come through it this year um we use linkedin so we i focus on building my personal brand on linkedin and the company brand and linkedin drives us Mm -hmm. a lot of inquiries probably our biggest volume of inquiries comes through linkedin yeah um and then we we're involved in quite a few different networking things from a local um, networking event, yeah, sort of director level networking event, and we're also uh, members of Pimento, which is uh, marketing and advertise independent marketing and advertising agencies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that drives us. Both of those drive us a good amount of inquiries, um, and and that's that's it really. Mm. No, some really good uh, key key ideas there. Now, within the scope of marketing, is there anything you'd like to see in the next five years? Um, I think not so much in terms of what I'd like to see, but I think what 
potentially we will see is is the rise of of artificial intelligence. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think you know we're working with some companies in that space at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I suppose what I would like to see is is more adoption of it. I think at the moment there's quite a nervousness around what it will mean and what the consequences of it will be. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think a lot of people are using it for in really creative ways and you know really good ways to drive drive big impact. So yeah. so it'd be great to see see that adopted really. Yeah, for sure. And what new technology or software are you most excited about right now at 2112? Yeah, so I mean, there, there are a few. One, one company we work with is a company who, called the Hamritten Company, mm-hmm. um, and they use artificial intelligence to uh, create handwritten letters, okay. um, which, which is quite cool. So you can automate them. Uh, the handwritten letters out so you can do them at scale which is a really nice way to personalize a campaign definitely um which is really cool so so we've we've used that in a few projects and and it's worked well so we're pretty excited about that and then just the the potential of ai in general Mm -hmm. um you know there's there's a company who are a pimento member called tiny giant based in bristol and they're using it to create cocktails and, and just other generally mad stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, we work we work with uh, another startup who's a client of ours who actually help more traditional companies mm-hmm. create products and revenue streams by harnessing their data and and focusing on the trends from it using AI. Yeah. Um, and the results are helping those traditional companies fight back against more disruptive players. Oh, cool. So that that's pretty cool. So so we're excited about a lot of it's to do with AI at the moment. That's the sort of thing that's exciting us, yeah. the, the potential behind that. A lot of machine learning there as well um, from the AI. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Now, in your role, do you focus a lot on the PPC, SEO, social media, or other traditional forms of marketing, your billboards, magazines, television? Yeah, so I mean, we we'll, we utilize PPC social media mostly, mm-hmm. um, but often that might be to start the funnel, and then it can lead to a more traditional hook. So we might be driving people into an event or seminar, and then only constituting them as a lead when when they hit that traditional hook. Yeah, to kind of round out the funnel, we we don't tend to do any of the more traditional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've done in the past, we've we've written advertorials for a lot of our clients. So we've done it on the copywriting side, but never kind of, um, never as a lead generation technique. Mm-hmm. And what are the top three platforms you think businesses should focus on in the next 12 months and why? Sure, so... I think it depends on your target market, really. Mm-hmm. And I think before you decide which platforms you're going to use, you need to do a deep dive on on who your ideal clients are and the personas behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, build build that in depth understanding of who they are, why they should care about you, mm-hmm. down to the finer details of things like what they read, watch, and do. Then work out which, which channels you should focus on, mm-hmm. um, because I think. It's quite dangerous 
to assume that just because a channel is popular, you should be on there. Very true. So, you know, you, you, most brands don't need the whole world to know who they are. Mm-hmm. They, they only need to be famous in, in a small niche. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I had to select one channel that we focus on a lot, yeah. it's, it's LinkedIn, as I mentioned. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the B2B space, I think focus on building your personal brand and your business brand on on LinkedIn, I think that that will stand you in good stead. Yeah. And what ways are you building the brand on LinkedIn? Is it through using tools such as Sales Navigator or just literally using their feed posts? Or what's the strategy behind that? Yeah, sure. So... We have we have a variety of different different models we'll use. Nearly all of them um, we'll use Sales Navigator for. So we'll focus on building that audience. Yeah. Who who are the target market? Let's build an audience of those guys. Let's start communicating with them, mm-hmm. um, nurturing them with content um, just to pique their interest. And then maybe we're implementing hooks. So we're using LinkedIn to. Um, advertise maybe a seminar or something like that to yeah. fill the room with these individuals. So it's kind of a, a very soft approach. I think too many people get caught up on trying to sell straight away on LinkedIn yeah. when really you've got to provide value first. Yeah. So whether that value is a seminar, whether it's an ebook or, or whatever else, mm. um, you know, the, that's the kind of way we build our models is, is to focus on value mm-hmm. before we, we prompt them into becoming a lead. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely wise words there. Now, Henry, if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. How much time we got left? <laughs> um I think I think the main one for me is to to throw yourself into every opportunity and not to be afraid to put yourself out there. Yeah. So I wish I'd adopted offline marketing more when I was younger. So I wish I'd done more networking. I wish I'd been brave enough to have got out there and done more public speaking. Mm-hmm. Because as as I've got a bit older and I've done more of that stuff, I'm just amazed at how growing, growing my network just correlates to the amount of opportunities that, that come knocking at the door. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And what's the vision of Henry McIntosh? What, is, what gets you most excited about the years ahead? Yeah, that's a good question. Um I, I think what gets me excited is, is growing 2112 to its full potential. Yeah. We're, we're kind of really coming into our own now. We've got a good team. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking to grow that team over the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, we're starting to really deliver for clients and figure out who we work best with. Yeah. So the, the vision is to grow the agency into, into something formidable and something to be proud of. And also something that has has a positive impact. Yeah. Um, more and more, I think my team is is looking at that as well. How how do we have that um, good impact? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And finally, where can people connect with you for consultation or your website for twenty one twelve? Your LinkedIn contact details as well. Yeah, sure. So I think just look me up on LinkedIn. Um, type in Henry McIntosh. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'll come up and just just connect to me and pop me pop me a note. And I'm always open to to talk to new people. You can check out Twain One Twelve as well on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're normally two one one two underscore marketing. Yeah, our website is two one one two dot marketing. So yeah, feel free to go on to any of those channels and, and drop us a line, and, and we'll make sure to get back to you. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, Henry, do you have any last words that you'd like to say to the audience? Thanks for listening, I guess. So thanks for listening to me ramble on. Quite impressed you've made it this far. <laughs> no, it's been fantastic having you on this show. Henry, I thank you again. And for everybody else, it's been the Business Marketing Finance Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now.